0: turn it up
1: you're listening to the marketing millennials podcast i'm emily ferguson
0: and i'm daniel murray get ready because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars let's go no
1: bs just a fun unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe
0: the one request we tell our guests
1: stories or didn't happen
0: a big welcome to our marketing fans.
1: Prepare to turn the f- up. Harry Jai is joining us from London today. He's the founder of Marketing Examples, a website dedicated to providing real-world marketing examples. Harry, a big welcome to you.
2: Thank you, Emily. I'm looking forward to the show. Cheers for inviting me on. Daniel, I've done, done a few, and Emily, of course, done some press-ups, a little rum beforehand, <laughs> get the blood pumping. I'm, I'm ready to go.
1: All right. Well, let's just hop right in. How did you first get started in marketing?
2: I, I sort of fell into it rather than got mm. into it. I mean, I, I left university, I did economics, which I hated. Then I cool. learned to code. I started a few businesses. I, I, my first business, I was trying to sell Twitter canvases. So it was, mm. you basically could design your own tweet thought it was a great idea it really wasn't completely flop then I started making websites for musicians to, to make some money which again didn't go particularly well mm. then I made a, a dating site for Kanye West fans which had a bit more success
1: what that is so <laughs> cool
2: <laughs> well, it, yeah it was it's, it's a long long story to be honest with you this this okay. kind of story I'm not sure if you want to go into this, into this rabbit hole or not but it's um funny. essentially what I found was that out of all these ideas, they vary in success. The thing I found the most fun was the marketing always. So for example, with the Twitter uh, canvases, like this, the website was rubbish. I could barely code, but we found this way of getting our products to, to YouTubers. So we sent them, we sent these Twitter canvases, tweets. I, I'll give you an example. So there's Casey Neistat, famous YouTuber. We'd send a, tw- a personalized Twitter canvas to his his address he then open it, talking about it on camera, at least that was the idea. Um, because YouTubers do this thing called mail time. So we sent out all these Twitter canvases to, I think it was like 25 different uh, different YouTubers, and a bunch of them opened them on camera, and we had seriously millions of, of views of, of our products. And then they put the product, the website, sorry, in the description. So that worked. That aspect mm. worked really well, but the actual product sucked, and we still couldn't sell very many. So that's kind of how I, my interest in marketing sparked, I guess. And how did that pivot into marketing examples today? So basically, I after the Kanye site, uh, I got a job. This this got quite a lot of attention. So I got a job as a as a web developer off the back of it. And I still wasn't very good. Never really my my intention or my ambition to work for someone else, to be honest with you. So I thought like, what can I start up as a business now? Now I'm sort of happy. My, my mom had basically said like, you can't try another business because you've just you know you've had like a six months of this you've got to get a job, so I got a job and I had the evenings and the weekends to try to try stuff so I thought what can I do like what what can I it's difficult for me to code something again because I wasn't that good at coding what are my strengths? my strength for, I was good at writing I'm quite a good writer all right at design really interested in marketing so I thought the perfect thing to start was essentially like a really small newsletter because the problem with all my other ideas was that they were really big and grand. Like I literally built a, a dating app for, which is, took me about four months to make. So if you're starting a newsletter, it's literally just one piece of content, share it online and then you can go from there. So I started this small website when I worked as a web developer, which slowly but surely got traction. And then I got a sponsor for my newsletter. And then on that, that same day, I said to my employers, look, it's been a good, good ride, but I'm gonna try and pursue this thing full time now and for this
0: newsletter when it turned into marketing examples i want to go into the the side of like how are you did you start promoting this like how did it start getting traction that's
2: that's like the part i want to know like how did the traction start happening okay so i think if you look at my first 150 subscribers they all came from sort of one-to-one interactions for example so it would literally be me going to a talk And just like, there's a website called Indie Hackers. I'd go to these Indie Hacker Talks and I'd just hang around and then people would say, oh, what are you up to? So I'm working on this newsletter and I'd get a couple of signups from there. Or I would share my, I start sharing my newsletter on Reddit, for example, and I'd get a couple from there. I was in a group of like kind of uh, marketers I found on the internet, like a bunch of Slack groups. So I'd share on there and it was literally just one by one at the start. And then I started realizing essentially kind of more, scalable ways of, of of growing it, but that's how it really started out in, in, in the very early days. I think the other thing which was crucial is you need to differentiate yourself because there's literally hundreds of probably several hundred marketing newsletters. So how could I, the question I was thinking is how can I differentiate myself? Because I know very little about marketing at, at this stage, had never a degree in it, never worked in marketing, none of that. So how can I stand out? And I thought that if it was just marketing examples, that means that I don't have to be a genius because I'm just giving you the examples. And then I thought that the way I can stand out is just by putting in effort, like real, real effort on a level which other people maybe wouldn't go to. So for example, I would spend a week on one newsletter, one email, and I just ram it full of examples. James Clear has this line, which is how to improve your writing. Half the words, double the examples. And I was like, um, 10 times the examples, 10 times fewer on the words. People love pictures. If you're reading the book, you know, you go to the pictures in the book, You, you go, if you're reading an autobiography, you're straight into the middle to look at the pictures. My website is, is more than half images and graphics, which is just so shareable. So I think that really helped.
1: I have to admit when I first was kind of reviewing marketing examples, it is so like you, it's almost like, marketing examples is like Pinterest for marketing examples. Mm -hmm. It is straightforward. You understand what you're looking for. It's organized effectively. It's just very user friendly. So bravo to you on that for sure.
2: Thank you. That's a really big compliment. And that's, that was the goal from, from the day one. It was like, it was like I used to make a lot of website designs. I looked at all these design websites where you can pull little bits of landing page inspiration, but there was nothing Mm -hmm. like that for marketing. So I thought, I think the, the, the beauty of it was that I actually benefited from sucking at marketing because mm-hmm. I wasn't telling people my own opinion. No one really cared what I thought about it. I was just saying, look, this is the example in, I'm not going to spend five paragraphs giving you my theory because I just showed them the example. And that, that's ended up working for me.
0: I think I saw a tweet the other day and it was like 90%. Like you learn ninety percent more when you teach someone something. So, like, if you take your like learn marketing and just try to teach it to somebody, it's one of the hardest things to do. So, I think that's what you're doing. You're like taking what you're learning and just teaching people like what you've learned and what you've grown. But I want to know, like, you find some cool examples. Like, where do you Hell find? Oh
1: yes.
2: <laughs> I think all right. Where do the examples come from? So, firstly. I've ran out of I'm out of examples. It, it's it's not it's not like an endless tap which just comes and you feel it's literally like I'm delighted whenever I find I find I find something new. It's not easy to find to find these, but I think that we're we're very much like a function or a byproduct of everything we take in, all these little inputs going into our into into our brain. So I try and fill my head with all the best stuff, and essentially just remix it a little bit and, and copy it and steal it in, in a way. I mean, as I said, it's just examples. If I can find the best examples on marketing, I can just take them over to my own site and give and give credit. But it's like a—I describe myself like a police dog sniffing for drugs, like the examples of in, in this sense. And I'll give you one example. I was at um, sorry, specifically the boring answer is Twitter, Reddit, books, Slack groups telegram groups anywhere and everywhere really but a specific example is I was on uh, my mum. my mom's birthday was a couple of weeks ago and uh, we went to a really nice restaurant for a Michelin restaurant for the first time the instructor oh sorry the waiter sorry started telling us about the Michelin guide and how it was created by the Michelin tire company to promote their tires back in the 1900s because not many people were driving. So they created this guide of restaurants far and wide in France to inspire people to buy tires, essentially. And he tells us his story. It's quite a cool story. I ended up using that a couple of weeks later in, in the examples. So I'm just very much alive to different ideas, trying to steal whatever I can, really.
1: It seems like you're a sponge in all ways, but you're also just highlighting the things that are the most interesting. Like, it's not kind of bullshit examples. These are like high-level wonderful examples that are inspiring to others how has that feedback been from actually like obviously giving credit but highlighting other you know brands other agencies other kind of individual sort of campaigns like you you started one-to-one how has that kind of evolved are people reaching out to you like hey what do you think of my example
2: yeah that's the worst thing people come to you and they go (laughs) hey can you write about me i'm like no, it's pretty boring, to be honest with you, pal. You put on your <laughs> website. That's, that happens all the time. I think that no, no one is, actually only once has someone, mm. someone emailed me with a story about Unsplash. They were they using Unsplash to generate lots of different, lots of impressions for their paddleboard company. I thought it was really clever and I, and I wrote about it and that's the only time ever. It's rare because I'm very selective in what I put on the website. So I don't, it's, it's not a free-for-all. The amount of guest posts, people have asked, just, I'm not interested in ever doing that.
1: I think that's key though, because it shows the organic and authenticity of kind of what speaks to you and ultimately speaks to sort of the marketing samples community
2: I totally agree. I'm pretentious enough to believe that I'm a musician. That's how I, that's, I've got it, it's the only way of making it fun in my head. So like I treat myself like this. Obviously, I'm nowhere near these levels, but I just tell myself that I am. And then I think that if I'm making an album, which I'm not, but I tell myself that I am, I can't have loads of bad features on my album that would make my album suck.
0: That's a great example. So, so, you're, the, you're the king of examples here. So um, <laughs> I want to go back and just say, like, could you give some tips on people trying to grow something like you you've said a couple of things, which I think are key is like starting an audience at the beginning is one to one. You start one to one with all these groups, but from that one to one stage, how do you take it to like the next step of
2: growth? Mm-hmm. So I think I'm I'm very much in content marketing. So from I'll give the content marketing angle on this, at least how I did it. What I realized is you've got all these different channels, such as um, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Reddit, Indie Hackers, all these little like, I call them watering holes, places where your audience is coming to like hang out and roll around in the mud and drink, essentially. How can you like take over these watering holes? And the, the thing I realized is that you write an article, you put it on your own website. No one's going to leave Twitter or leave LinkedIn or leave Instagram to just click a link. It's, it's very rare for someone to do that. So my greatest success came from taking my articles and breaking them down on the format itself. So, for example, on Twitter, I'd use threads. I'd lay out the article for, um, tweet by tweet in a thread. On LinkedIn, I'd use the carousel or the slideshow, whatever it's called. And on Instagram, it would be the carousel. So now I'm at a stage where like I'd write an article about copywriting, let's say 10 tips on copywriting and tip one, one to 10 would be down in 10 tweets in the thread. And then on Instagram, I'd have a carousel of it slide by slide. And then on LinkedIn, it'd be the same thing, like a slideshow. And then here's the, here's the kind of thing is that on all these different platforms, which I kind of own to a degree, well, I don't own, but like I have an account, at least like I have an Instagram account for marketing examples. I always say on the last little slide, like, if you would like more, get to the newsletter. So I'm trying to pull people into the newsletter. That's essentially where I feel like your open rates are going are gonna to be highest, where people are actually going to read the whole thing. So then i have use these different other, other people's channels, essentially, like Twitter, Reddit, etc, to just give them everything I've got, wow them on the platform they're on, and then say, look, if you'd like some more, perhaps you'd like my newsletter. And in the newsletter, then I share it itself. But then last thing this is a long answer but last thing i do is then in the newsletter i then say to these people look if you enjoyed the article in the newsletter why don't you like retweet it on twitter that would be really really helpful for me i don't say why don't you i'd be like if you're feeling really generous is what i'd say they don't want to push it on people but then that means that my threads on twitter can sometimes take off a bit more and then another thing is it's all very connected is the point i'm making you want to connect these platforms together so when people sign up for my newsletter i then say look if you'd like to, I'm down to connect on LinkedIn. So that's how my LinkedIn's grown more recently because I pull over maybe about 40% of people who sign up for the newsletter. So you kind of got this big spider's web of all my content in all these different different platforms, which has been probably the smart the smartest thing I've done, I guess, from a content marketing point of view. So smart. Yeah, Ross Simmons,
0: we had him on our podcast and he had a great quote that just like sums us up create ones, distribute forever. So, what kind of what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? You're, right? You're creating once and then taking them and putting them on all these platforms. And people underestimate, like, you're killing this, but people underestimate like distribution. Mm-hmm. That's like something mm-hmm. that they really underestimate. I want to go into this distribution thing. Like, how did you find these watering holes? And then Do you learn the platforms before to figure out like the
2: nuances before you start it, or you just, just keep testing and testing? That's a interesting question. So I, I, for example, I started out on Reddit and everyone would think that Reddit marketing, Reddit's actually, to backtrack, Reddit's a fantastic platform to start on because it's a, it's a level playing field on Twitter. You need, it's really helpful if you have like a thousand, two thousand, five thousand followers to people to share your stuff. But on Reddit, there's no real follow account. So it's the best place, I think, or like really good place at least, because if you write something amazing, you don't need any followers. The forum will just be the arbiter of truth. So Reddit was really helpful for me in the early stages, but you would think that Reddit marketing would be the the water and hole, but not at all. I've never had a post take off on Reddit marketing in the slightest um, because they're really hard on self-promotion. I actually think I might have been like banned or something from, from that forum. But I'd post the same stuff on Reddit Entrepreneur, Reddit Entrepreneur Ride Along, Reddit forward slash starter, um, Sweaty Startup, these different forums. I post all my marketing content there. And I realized that essentially, if, if you write out the whole piece of content and if you adapt it slightly to, toward, towards Reddit, and then at the end, you've got your kind of call to action to, to your newsletter, it, it was very much like um, learn on the job. I had no idea of Reddit. I got banned from a couple of forums. I soldiered on and I kind of understand it now. And it's the same with with Instagram. I didn't even know a carousel was a thing until six months ago. And I realized I can I can do carousels on Instagram now. There's a lot to it. I mean, that was a kind of really vague answer, to be honest with you. But No, I think
0: the root of it is what you said is test, 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 test. Mm-hmm. Cause I think for me, I'm starting to try to go off to different platforms. But when I started on LinkedIn, it was really just for like four months straight was me testing different types of content and seeing how it would work until I find found like the type of content that works for me. And then it started taking off, but it was also what people underestimate It was like the side thing of like building an audience on the side while you're doing it, because you can, not you have to have marketers like marketing content. You can't have An engineer come into your audience, and you expect them to be like, "Oh, I love that marketing example. It was the coolest." Maybe the one that's wanting to learn marketing, but you can't have that. I'm just excited to talk about this topic. is really cool. Like what you've done with marketing.
2: I was going to ask you, Daniel, because I've seen how have you? How do you feel like you've done? You've grown yourself on LinkedIn. I feel. How do you think that's? How do you think that's worked?
0: I think it's kind of your way of thinking of things. I just looked at what the best were doing. And then saw what they were doing that was successful and what content hit at their levels. And then I took that and made it my own. I was looking at like Dave Gearhart and I was looking at like Chris Walker and I was looking at Amelia Sordell and all these people who were like killing on LinkedIn. And I'm like, okay, if they're killing on LinkedIn, let me go study their posts and see what people do. And then what I did was also, I went deep in their comments, saw what everybody was asking about in their comments and I would take whatever the most common thing and write about it because it was the most popular thing that people were talking about. And at the same time I would connect with those people who were highly engaged on the posts because I knew they were engaged in the platform. The problem with like people who connect with anybody on LinkedIn is there's people who go on LinkedIn just because they want to look for a job. And there's also those tons of people who are just there for the pure pleasure of consuming. So I was, my goal was like, let me double down on the consumers. Like, let me double down on the people who actually like my stuff. And that's how I, like, I slowly started growing is like, I thought saw like these consumers were like liking their posts and maybe they'll start liking my posts. Cause I'm talking about a little bit of the same thing, but a little different way. And how I leveled the playing field is like, I'm not a CMO of marketing. I'm not a founder. So I was like, I'm just the same as you. Like if I could do it, you could do it.
1: You're also available. And that's one thing I love about you is like, yes, you do have a following, but you are active, like you are present. You are not just someone to post your content and then trickle back within the comments and engage a little here, a little there. Like you engage with everyone. And I think that that's a big key to your success personally as a fan.
0: <laughs> I think that's really important. What, one of the things I, I mean, and this is just the thing and I wanted to, I thought this would be kind of a fun thing to do here. Is like, we're trying to here, like, take this podcast and like scale it to like other platforms. And yeah. I've, I know I've nailed down LinkedIn and I've known I like, I've, na- so I know LinkedIn. I'm starting a little bit on Twitter, still f- trying to figure it out there, but like, Where would you start on like scaling something? Like from the if someone said Harry, I want to scale my piece of content. Like where would you where would you start and like how would you distribute it?
2: It's a really difficult question. I think you get let's get specific. Like if I was talking about your very podcast, how what Mm -hmm. would I try and try and do slightly there? I'd say you have all the audio, which obviously goes onto Spotify and app and Apple Play, and like you clip it up into LinkedIn, which I think is very very clever. And essentially, people people watch two minutes and they want to watch the whole thing. That's perfect the clips you know it also post on twitter on instagram i think it will start off smaller there maybe if you haven't got such large followings, that i don't quite know but i think the clip idea is really clever i think that you also want to think that of youtube like a search engine essentially so i realized this the other day i took put my name into youtube just randomly and there's a podcast with me there Which from a quite a small podcast company, I can't. It was called the Social Life, and they haven't got many subscribers. But the episode with me, for some random reason, I wouldn't had something like six thousand five hundred views, and I was thinking that's really really odd. How has this happened? And then I thought, well, the only possible way of it happening must have been people just YouTubing me for. I guess that's what it must be doing. And then because I've got no YouTube videos on my own account they just click on the first one on the, I think YouTube is such a less competitive platform than Google search. So people go say SEO is SEO, SEO, SEO. Yeah, but it it was SEO, I think a a few years ago, five, 10 years ago, when you could really make it a big dent there. So if I was in your shoes, I would figure out a way of just doing videos for every single podcast and just as well just starting a channel and putting them all up on, on YouTube. And who knows, the traffic might not be crazy but I have a friend um, called Chris Williamson fellow guy from England who has a podcast called Modern Wisdom and it's come to the point now where his YouTube is pretty much 50 50 with his Spotify and and Apple I think he's got like 50,000 subscribers and he has this funny tweet where he said one year to get like 1,000 subscribers two years to get 10,000 two years and two months to get 30,000, two years and four months to get 50,000. He's now at like 60,000. It's just happened so quickly. And I think that if you get on a guest, like I heard you had Matt Kovach on, which is a really great guest, like great guy. People will be YouTubing him just to see if he's done any podcasts. And and because he probably has only done about four or five, whatever, maybe less than that. If you have a clip how Matt Kovach does Twitter five minutes long, it, it, it will get hits. It's like the Joe Rogan approach, essentially. I think that's, mm. How I would as a channel I'd, I'd definitely look at. I think,
1: Perry, you are a genius. Okay, you said at the beginning you're not. I disagree with you. <laughs> you are smart.
2: <laughs> I I just copy people. That's if I've had any success, it's just been from looking at you
1: adapt. You copy, but you adapt, and I think that that's the unique nature of it. You know, you're, you're yes, yeah. you see what works. You're you're doing it, but you're doing it for yourself, and you're doing what makes sense for you, where it makes sense, and how it
0: makes sense.
2: Well, thank you. I'm going to take. Run with it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a
0: root of all marketing. And it's not reinventing the wheel, it's innovating on the wheel that really exists. Right. And what you're doing is not reinventing the wheel. Like you've seen what works, but you're taking it to another level with your innovation and your creativity. Because what stands out now is creativity. Like you're not going to, I see this all the time. It's like you can try do the best things on LinkedIn and try to be successful, but you still have to write good content. You still have to have good copywriting. You still have to have those basics down, and also stand out creatively too. Cause good content rises to the top in my point of view. It's just like those contents will flush up to
2: the top yeah. of the platform. I think, I think something which gets not talked about enough is actually just having the courage to put stuff out there because I, I, I would say that I had seriously a year and a half ago, I, I couldn't have got a marketing job if I tried, I'm being serious. I had literally no, a year and six months ago, I had literally no no experience other than like a bit of passion and energy. I had not, I had, and then I, I just thought, I'm going to try this out. And because people who in marketing, they're really busy running their jobs, doing their thing. And if you just have the courage to have a go, it, it might work. Also, I think that, I think that personality is so underrated. I think that there's such a disparity between quality of tips in a sense and who's popular the people who are popular are not giving out the best tips they're like really likable people who make time but they're friendly you want to be you want hang out, to hang out with them yeah i don't know it's just something which cropped into my head the, <laughs> the, the other day i think dave gerhardt's a good example of this i i find him really likable and i think his marketing content is good but i don't think it's it's like exceptional i think he's just really likable and i love listening to his voice i totally agree with that
0: i mean I think my marketing content's not amazing either. Um, I just think people, I've learned to like enhance my community by actually paying attention and being empathetic of like what I put. I put things out there that is above average. I think like it's, you have to have above average. Like I'll I'll have an A plus probably (laughs) once in every 20 posts, but I'll have B
2: pluses consistently.
1: It's consistently relatable, the content you're putting out.
2: I think that's what Emily sums it up. Well, because you don't even have to be good. That's the other I'm not saying you're not good, Daniel, but I'm saying that <laughs> your thing is like, I'm learning this and I'm I'm like you. And that's brilliant because people want people want that. They don't even people who are too good, they're on another planet. People can't even understand it.
1: So true. I have a question I want to ask you. What are marketers doing wrong right now? Like what are you seeing that is just like obviously not going to make its way to marketing examples? Anything big or small.
2: What are marketers doing wrong? Okay. So uh, the other day I went through about 200 uh, landing pages. I was doing this article about how to rewrite landing pages. So I looked at all these websites from big professional companies and honestly, about 50 or 60 percent of these companies, you look at their landing page, you look at their title, their subtitle, and you just couldn't understand what the product was. And I think that it's how can you sum up your product, your company in an, it's like the elevator pitch in six words, in 10 words, in eight seconds And I think that people put so much emphasis on little things which really don't make a difference when in reality, you've just got to make sure you nail that, that title. It's so it's, it goes on your Twitter bio. It goes on your company's Twitter bio. It goes, it's the one thing you say to customers whenever they first come across your company, we do this, we solve this problem. It was staggering to me how few companies had a good response to that. So I would say it's a bit of a boring answer, but Address that first in your in your company, I think.
0: I don't think that's boring at all. I think one thing that I loved in one of your examples was take things that your customers have wrote and put them up there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And also be specific, have like who your audience is up front. Because I think a lot of people try to be also everything to everyone. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to attract everybody when I come to my site. Instead of like, if I, for you, right? You're attracting marketers. You're not going to be like, we have fifteen thousand people on my newsletter. I have fifteen thousand like active marketers on my newsletter. You would like tell people who your your audience is and who who you're trying to.
2: Yeah, I think that's I think it's a really big deal. I think you've summed it up oh, well. It's it's don't be everything to everyone. Just just start with the customer of one and then then build up. I think
0: this is actually a good transition because I wanted to ask you this question anyway. Like, could you give me like five tips on like how to write a good landing page headline
2: of course of course I can so <laughs> tip number one this is the thing I've been thinking about a lot recently is write the title only you can so it's what can you say about the problem you solve that no one else in the whole wide world can so for example I saw on fast you had Matt Kobach head of content whatever he's up to at fast on and he posted this tweet on social media the other day, which really summed this up. It was two, it was an AB test of Fast's website. And one title was boost conversion by 25%. And the other one was one click, no passwords, the world's fastest checkout. And I can put up a website right now and bullshit that I'm boosting conversion by 25%. It's Or, or a competitor could, they could run some bogus test and come up with that number. But... No one can, you can't say one click, no passwords, the world's fastest checkout, unless you're actually one click, no passwords. So I think I would say to stress, write the title only you can would be at the top of my list. Secondly, I'd say people don't care about what you do. They care about what you can do for them. So when Apple, they didn't write the world's fastest portable media player, they wrote a hundred songs in your pocket. It's shifting that emphasis. As you said, David, get specific is such another, probably the third tip I'd say so don't say, save more on your energy bill. Say, save an average of 33% on your, on your energy bill. Um, all right, two more. I would say, don't romanticize copywriting. I think that there's a bit of, a, of, of a, it, I'm on this Reddit copywriting uh, channel. And I think a lot of the posts in there sort of fetishize it in a way, but it's, it's selling. You, copywriting is selling. The goal is not to be cute or clever or to put in like a really good joke. It's to inspire action so have that in the back of your mind whenever you're writing your title it's not about like making people laugh is great but only if it's going to inspire them to buy the thing or to click the link or to scroll down or whatever it is Uh, and finally it's what I mentioned in the last the last answer is clarity above everything is is the most important thing it's like all these little flashy tips and tricks mean absolutely nothing if, if your title isn't clear so I would say show it to your 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 granddad your grandmother uh, your brother and, and you know what does the product do they should be able to tell you
0: those i mean steal those now everybody stop this go back write those down those yeah, are those how are st- you should write a straight good straightforward and and it's funny because i read a tweet about tweet from andrew wilkinson yesterday or i i went to scroll down his feed cuz i love just seeing what good posts people write and he said really the goal of marketing is to sell the click which I thought was brilliant because what you kind of said right there is like everything you're trying to do is to get someone to take an action. Like you, like your landing page, you're trying to get them to either buy, request a demo, whatever they're trying to do. Like your newsletter, you're trying to get them to subscribe or click out to your marketing examples. Marketing examples, you're trying to click them to subscribe. Everything is like selling a click to go somewhere. Like, So how are you selling that click, which I thought that was like, one of the greatest ways to put it is like sell the click.
2: Yeah, I love it.
0: I want to go into this in- interesting topic that you wrote about growth loops. I want to like talk a little bit about that. How would you define a growth loop? And like, what is a successful growth loop you've, you've seen? Growth loops. All
2: right. So personally, I when I this is an example of the contents that I I wrote this article about growth loops, which I completely took from. Took the wrong word because it was like my own examples and stuff, but it was a uh, Brian Balfour and uh, Casey Winters, I think, are doing writing loads of great stuff. So I basically just watched all their YouTube videos and wrote my my own thing. But how would okay? So I think when I if I was talking about growth loops, I would say when most people you ask people most people about marketing, they would say ads, affiliates, sales, social media, but that's all top down growth. It's your funnel, your marketing funnel. Pour more into the funnel and you get more out. But the problem with a traditional funnel is it's hard acquiring new customers from scratch is difficult. They only flow in one direction. So it's from top to bottom, and it's all very linear in a funnel. So uh, this concept, as you said, has come in recently or last five years, whatever, probably been around forever, um, is growth loops. How can you utilize more, more of a loop? And the thing with loops is they feed themselves. So the definition, I would say, is the actions of one user creates an output which creates a new user. So an example of that, quite a boring example, is Quora. They, a user posts a question on Quora. um, For example, like what is a neuro-massage? They could could post, people answer the question, Google then indexes each question. So then someone types into Google, what is a neuro-massage? They'll find the Quora answer, they'll sign up to Quora to answer the question, then they'll post a question themselves. A uh, more interesting example of a growth loop is a company called Doubletree. So when you uh, rock up at a Doubletree hotel, they give you a cookie. Now these, it's warm, straight out the oven cookie. You get the cookie from Doubletree. You then, you're so amazed that you text your friend, oh, look, Doubletree gave me this free cookie. You post about it on social media and then people hear about Doubletree. They go to Doubletree, they get a cookie and this cycle goes on. I think there's a a stat, which is something like uh, Doubletree were given out, I think it was like 200,000, I can't remember the exact number, but we'll go with 200,000 cookies a day. And I think it was about 50% of people were telling friends. So it was 100,000 conversations about Doubletree every single day, just purely from the act of giving out like a 20p cookie. So that's, I, I guess, a example, another example of a, of a growth loop. I'll actually get the exact numbers on this because I don't want to mislead anybody. One sec. Also,
0: I think just going on while you find that number is, and I think this is an, a marketing play by Starbucks, and I wish I want to know if it's in their playbook because it's genius, is them writing their name wrong on yeah. a cup. Like, like <laughs> people post it and say, look, ha look, they wrote my name wrong on the <laughs> cup, but it's free advertising on Twitter, mm-hmm. on, on their Instagram story. But I want to know if that like literally is in their playbook at every store, like, hey, write the wrong name a couple of times a day and it will be shared. I don't know if it's like a human error that keeps happening or but they figured out a growth loop there that is just crazy. I just think it's insane. Uh
2: that just came to my mind that's when you so said double good. tree. Yeah, that's um that's, that's wacky. I mean
1: Now I want a coffee and a cookie. What the heck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's one more fun one. I guess think I, the, double, the double tree is 75,000. Cookies are given out each day. Thirty-four percent of guests tell friends, so that's twenty-five thousand stories. Wow. Uh, that's the numbers. But just one more fun one is uh, this restaurant called Skips. It's a Californian restaurant, and before you, before you pay the meal, before you sorry, before you you're about to pay, the waiter pulls out a deck of cards, and if you pick the Joker, your meal's free. So two percent of customers win because I think it's one Joker out of you know no two Jokers out of fifty-two, whatever two okay. percent. But financial cost is. Just two dollars for every hundred dollars spent so it's really not much of a financial cost it's effectively like a sort of a a 10 20p discount on average but because it's fun it's different it gets people talking and that's how they've built their business from this from people just wanting to try and win this free meal that is so
0: that i mean little things like that that delight the customer i had one went to the grocery store Mm -hmm. and i was working at this company in santa monica and every Friday they would give a free meal to someone who would guess the weight of their salad. The right <laughs> it was like a salad bar and like nobody really like how many people actually guess like the right to the, to the ounce, like whatever the, the salad, right. But it was such a cool thing. Cause I wanted to go back and be like, I want to guess it this Friday. <laughs> but one last question. I think it's really a selfish question for me. I want to get into reddit and i just want to know like how
2: to successfully be on reddit okay so the first thing you've got to do is find your watering holes find your niches so for me it's it's been entrepreneurs and marketers and copywriters so i've just went through reddit looked at all those different forums there's reddit copywriters there's reddit entrepreneur reddit entrepreneur ride along reddit sweaty startup reddit marketing there's four or five different different places Reddit's a brutal place. So if you post, if you do something a little bit wrong, you're going to get shouted at. And I think that's why it's quite daunting for a lot of people because I've been shouted at a hell of a lot on, on Reddit for just making these little mistakes. But the key is you've got to get people to upvote your thing. So how do you get attention? Well, you do that by, it's a cliche, but by giving something useful, give, give upfront value. That then builds you up goodwill. And then when you slide in your self-promotion, everyone's happy because you've given them something. So, for example, I I saw this one on on Reddit about six months ago. Someone wrote, I've read over 200 business and self-help books, and these are the 19 I've learned most from. And then he did like a, a list of the 19 books and little anecdotes about each one. Really helpful post for entrepreneurs. And at the end of the post, he wrote, if you enjoyed this post, come and join my entrepreneur community, blah, blah, blah. And people are happy to click that because he's actually offered something. What doesn't work on Reddit is kind of stumbling in and being like, hey, I started this new podcast. Check it out. No one's going to click that. So, for example, if you really wanted to go deeper marketing and you wanted to use this interview or one of your interviews on Reddit, you can't just post a link to the interview because people are like people to shout you down. So you'd have to say something like I'm a bad example, but Matt Matt Kobach is a better example uh, than than me. I think he's (laughs) got a property. I don't know. I feel like he's a better example. I'd say I spoke to the head of social media at whatever his job title is at Fast, and these are like the 10 things I learned about content, oh, something like that. You'd list the points, then you'd be like, look, this is from a, you'd do it better than that, but this is from a uh, an interview we did with Matt. Uh, if you'd like to listen to the full thing, like here's here's a link. So that's how you can maybe repurpose content a little, a little bit.
0: I think that's a lot of, I mean, that's LinkedIn and I've pretty much every platform. So I think that's great, because I think like a lot of people, what they do wrong when they're promoting their podcast or like marketing examples or anything, it's like, give what you've learned, give value upfront. And then if they wanna learn more, like give them an option to do that, but don't like force it down that throat. I always, when I promote like a podcast or I promote something like a job, even like a job description that someone, I'll be like, like here's the, the tip I learned from here. If you wanna listen to more of it, go check out the link in the comments here's the link in the comments so i'll give like what i learned and then here's a link in the comments even like the job and i'll give like thing and i'll be like link in the comments a lot of people they do wrong and this is one thing i'll say a lot of people do wrong on linkedin is like oh i just had an interview with blah 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 blah, blah and these are five point here's here's what we talked about like and you didn't give any value but you just told them what you did like and it's just like you know nobody cares what you did just give them something that they like sparks their like curiosity that they want to learn more not because like oh i shot from the top of the roof like we know you're promoting yourself like stop promoting mm-hmm. yourself give me some value it's just a gary v jab 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 right hook like you have to build up like that value to for for an ask you can't just say here go buy stuff from my page today even gary i mean dave gerhardt does as well he he, he posts all. He posts value all the time. So when he when does an ask, like no, everybody's like, okay, he might not get much likes on those posts, but it's like I'm okay. Like he posts that once every like fifteen posts. Yeah, Fergie. Do you want to get into rapid fire?
1: Absolutely. Harry, this is a really fun section where we get to ask questions that aren't necessarily super geared towards marketing. They're more geared to like the human element that you bring to, you know, marketing examples. So, really, it's about you. First thing that comes to mind is where we're at with this. So, I'm going to kick this off with what was your first job ever? It doesn't necessarily have to be you got paid for it, but that you can recall. Yeah, I
2: got it. I got it i sold sweet corn with my brothers we have a sweet corn field <laughs> near our house so we we took well the farmer after the farmer yeah. had, had mowed down the sweet corn we took what was left and we sold it to the the the, the neighbors really and because we were young and um because we were young and not well because we were young people people bought it from us it was just like a bit of a guilt trip looking back on it to be honest That's cool i mean gary v has a perfect example of this. he used to
0: pick the flowers of the neighbor, the, the person's house and he would go sell it back. To them. <laughs> and as a kid. <laughs> he would like, pick the flowers and be like, here, you want to buy like these like flowers. Like and he would sell it back to them. It was just so funny to me. Like that's just an entrepreneurial hustle. I'm going to go into what is your
2: favorite book? There's a book called man's search for meaning. I wouldn't say I'm particularly philosophical or anything like that, but this book is about the Holocaust and how, this person kind of got through it and how how he he, he had come up with this idea that your brain, I'm not going to do it justice by any means, any stretch of the imagination, but it's just a great book. I'd say check it out if you want to think about life. It made me think a lot, put it that way.
1: Thought-provoking. That's a good book. Okay. From an app, like on your phone, which one are you using the most or which one do you actually like to use the most?
2: I hate phones, but I like... This app called Habit Share is a good app. It's you can track your basically you sign up with your friends so you can see your friends' habits. So I've got this friend called George, so he's got a bunch of his habits, and then I got mine. But I can see if he's doing his every single day. So we've got a little, we have like a little wager on it um, every month. So whoever loses pays the the money. It's a really good one because I could never stick to any habits, but now I've got my friend looking at me. It's a bit, it's a bit peer pressure. <laughs> I mean, it's the
0: influence strategy of like commitment. Like once you've committed to something up front, like it's hard to let people down once you've made that commitment. Exactly. Who is your go-to influencer, personal and professional?
2: (laughs) Um, that's a tricky one. I would say there's this really hilarious Twitter account. I I love football. It's a really funny Twitter account. You could probably call it soccer over there, but it's football. Uh, There's this really funny Twitter account called Pogba Senior. It's basically like a joke account of Paul Pogba's, if Paul Pogba's dad had social media and he's, he comes up with loads of funny jokes about football. That'd be my personal one. Professional one. Um, that's tricky. I would say, wow professional do you mean like in marketing professional what do you mean any, in- any, any yeah. professional, any professional. I, I, would, I love okay if jose Mourinho doesn't interview i'm watching the interview so i'd say maybe jose Mourinho. i would say maybe Kanye west but less so i'm not sure It's a tough one sorry i've given them all fast
1: they're good okay so say you're in a bad mood and i kind of think i know where this is going to go what song or artist are you playing to get hyped
2: now I'm not saying not saying Kanye, I gotta mix it up a anyway. bit. Right. I was in a bad mood today, and then I realized that you don't wanna I think a good song, if you're in a bad mood, screws you up even more. So I would say I listened to Hurt by Johnny Cash today, okay. and it was a weird way of embracing my bad mood such that I ended up feeling like all right again. It was weird, but I'd say hurt by Johnny Cash. Love
0: it. Now I want to give you a chance to give your your CTA and get people to go find you
2: and where they could yeah. find these, your cool examples. And How do we stay in touch with you? <laughs>
1: Look,
2: I've got this website called marketingexamples.com. Check it out if you'd like to. But seriously, I don't think I, – I think you the, well, the last thing you need is more information. Seriously, if you're listening to this, if you're a marketer, I think you just got to work it out yourself. I, I Work it out yourself. That's what I would say to you. So if you'd like, marketingexamples.com. But simultaneously, yeah, piece piece, piece, piece out yourself. I think that's, that's what I would say. You, you don't want another blog to read. I'm telling you.
1: Harry, you've been so much fun. You've been honest. And we really appreciate this kind of fresh approach to marketing. I mean, you are smart. We we have enjoyed this entire conversation. So we're going to give you some credit that you definitely deserve. Thank you for just, like, sharing everything. This is a wealth of information just today. And we can't wait for our community to kind of learn from you.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to say you should add this blog into your, Hell yeah. your your list of things to go. Because if you actually want honest examples of like companies that are doing it, go look at marketingexamples.com. I look at the, it probably like three times a week just to see what new content's on there.
2: Uh, well, look, I really enjoyed it. A pleasure to talk to both of you. I wish I could talk more, but as I, my mom's cooking up a dinner. So we've got a. a
0: good
1: one.
2: Thanks so much for having me Lord on. Of course, Harry. Nice. Thank you.